Welcome to Animorphs Anonymous, the podcast where we casually discuss the Animorphs one book at a time. I'm Casey. And I'm Alex. We've done all the books. And now we're diving into the TV show. Join us every Tuesday for a new mission. And don't worry, we promise to have you back under the two-hour time limit. Maybe. Ladies and gentlemen, I have a grave announcement to make. Incredible as it may seem, both the observations of science and the evidence of our eyes lead to the inescapable assumption that those strange beings who landed in the Jersey farmlands tonight are the vanguard of an invading army. Would you like to hear another bird-related story that really did something to me emotionally today? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so this person posted in the group the, um, I feel personally attacked by this bird group that I'm in. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you, Nate, for that. Um, and she posted, I was trying to Google Shamu and I accidentally misspelled it and found this Shamu chicken, which is like a 30 inch tall chicken from Japan. And like, that's a, that's a tall chicken. It's a tall chicken. It's a large chicken. And then I also love that she was trying to Google Shamu and fucked it up. And I'm like, this person is me. <laughs> But yeah, it's an extremely large chicken. Like, you should... Let's look up Shamo chickens together. Okay. Googling stuff with Casey and Alex on a podcast where no one can see. Wee! Googling <laughs> chickens. Chickens on a podcast. Chickens will come to me. <laughs> God, they're so tall. There's a man holding one, and it is longer than his entire torso. Let's look at... Oh my God! Right? Tall ass dinosaur chickens. Fuck yeah, that's some Horkbajir energy right there. Oh my god, it is kind of some Horkbajir energy. Oh my god, why is it so, so tall, so straight? Um, the only thing I know is that they think that they originated from fighting chickens, so maybe they were bred to be bigger, but then they just kept getting taller and bigger. Big and tall, tall and big, large chickens for you. That's as tall as at least half a man. At least. Christ. Maybe it's a really I short mean, man. Well, 36 inches is three feet. So this chicken is just under three feet tall. And oh, this man. That's like half of me. Because I'm like five, eight. Mm-hmm. That sounds right. <laughs> what is math? <laughs> that's not math that's just your height <laughs> i was trying to divide by two it was hard oh i only know because um jumping because 36 inches is going to be right by the top of your hip so this chicken's like crotch height for yeah. those of us that are an average ish size well that's a chicken i did not know about but now do know about thank you shamu for causing this matt and i were talking about shamu yesterday and you didn't call me immediately why i thought about it well okay he thought shamu was free willy and i was like no that's keiko yeah that's absolutely keiko don't be a fucking idiot but he did know that they released keiko back into the wild and keiko did not survive yeah marine influenza is a bitch yeah so but that's all that's all I got. Oh, well, there like, is an original Shamu, but now SeaWorld refers to every orca in their program as Shamu. 
Even though they have like backstage names like Corky and all those guys. But let's get rid of SeaWorld. They're bad. Yep. We do not endorse SeaWorld on this podcast. Not at all. In no way do we endorse SeaWorld. If you want to come to us for ads, you just turn around. <laughs> this is an anti-ad. Don't go to SeaWorld. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is a slander uh, ad. <laughs> we'll take your money and then we'll get up here and say, do not do this thing. And then they will sue us a lot. Oh, no. <laughs> is SeaWorld is owned by Bush Gardens? Let's Google it while we're here. Googling about whales. <laughs> Who owns SeaWorld? SeaWorld Parks and Entertainment. So they're their own thing now. Wow, 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 wow. They own Discovery Cove, Aquatica, SeaWorld, Bush Gardens. Hey, SeaWorld Parks and Entertainment owns Bush Gardens. So we're not it, that far off. It's the opposite of what we thought. It's the exact opposite. Sesame Place? Huh? Like Sesame Street? I don't know. Oh, no. Big Bird has orca blood on his hands. <laughs> A giant murder bird he is. Oh, no. Kidnap Shamu and put her in a chlorine tank. Big Bird is the man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Well, that didn't take long. <laughs> We've already just nosedived this thing into the ground. <laughs> I feel like every time we report, we record a podcast, we're like children with those like planes that you have to throw to fly. And yeah. every time the first like 20 starts are just boom, straight into the ground. <laughs> and then sometimes when we get the thing to fly, it's still like all fucked up because you crash it to the ground. It's covered in dirt and nothing's quite right. <laughs> oh dear I you know what here's another thing I'm really mad about from the 90s okay um so in Boy Scouts they would give those planes away for like doing Boy Scout things but in Girl Scouts they never gave me styrofoam planes that I could build and play with like you know what why? the fuck because you know girls because planes are for boys that's so stupid I wanted to know more about... See, this is why. Listen, all the times that Nate and Jeff and Dan's never done this to me, but just in case, I'm putting it out there, but every time you guys come at me about not knowing shit about planes, it's not me. It's the <laughs> sexism. That's why I don't know. <laughs> it's forced gender stereotypes that we grew up with as young girls. That's right. That's right. I tried learning about planes, but nobody wanted me to, and they took that away from me, and now oh. I'm suffering. Yep. <laughs> Feminism. That's right. Feminism <laughs> is the reason. <laughs> I well, that was in- crash attempt number whatever. Oh, no. You could have been what? <laughs> I could have been in STEM, but I was bad at math, and no one was like, but... But there's a stereotype that girls are bad at math, so you got to help buck that stereotype. And maybe I would have tried harder, but no. That's right. They were like, well, it's just another girl who doesn't know how to math. That's exactly right. And you know what? Everybody who knew me knew that I was motivated by rage. So, <laughs> God, fucking people. Now I'm going to go get really good at math because fuck all of you and your sex. <laughs> That's, like, nobody that listens to this podcast. So. <laughs> <laughs> sure. 
pretty sure. <laughs> I'm sure we've turned away anyone who would think that by this point in our lives. I agree. I think I, we've made our stances known by this <laughs> episode 70 something. <laughs> We're in the 80s. This is like 83 Are or 4. I'm oh. not kidding you. God. Ugh. Yeah, we've we've talked a lot. <laughs> we've talked so many. We have so many words and phrases. So many words. Like at least 10. At least 10. Again, we don't do math. Your guess That's right, because of ours. the man. Because <laughs> of the man. Because of Big Bird. Because of Big Bird and Cyril. Despite the fact that I think they teach basic math on Sesame Street. But, you know. I couldn't concentrate because of all the orca blood on the man. (laughs) (laughs) How many orcas does it take for SeaWorld to get shut down permanently? There's your math question. How many of these beautiful creatures have to die? How many beautiful sentient beings do we need to sacrifice before the man realizes you can't take a beautiful mammal and put her in a chlorine tank? How many whale lives equal how many dollars to make it worth the life of the whale? That's right. God. If only Free Willy could have been a feminist icon. Break those (laughs) barriers for us. But no, he had to be a man! (laughs) I don't even know what I'm arguing anymore. <laughs> I don't know either. <laughs> we gotta watch. We gotta watch Free Willy Four with Bindi. Oh, the, fuck that one! The fucking Pirates Cove bullshit. Female icon who works with animals. God, I wanted to like it so bad, <laughs> and it just was so awful. Are you saying that only whale movies with boys in them can be successful and good? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> what I'm saying is I support the Native American peoples and I'm going to support August. I can't remember his last name. No matter what you say to me, Casey, you can't make me turn against Randolph. You can't. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> but like, okay, is Jesse saying that phrase cultural appropriation? Oh, um I don't know, because, like, here's the thing. I I don't know. Because, one, I'm not an expert in anything at all. But, two, because, like, it wasn't like he took this thing and it was, like, he was put into power as, like, he, like, he took this common thing. It was, like, a direct thing from his friend who knew way more than him. And they both were, like, doing this thing together. Uh Uh-huh. I mean, I just don't know, because, like, at the end of the day, he was the one that said, like, the prayer and made the whale jump. I don't know if that's true either. I don't know what made Free Willy jump that high. Like, it could just be the force of reuniting with his family. Are we saying it was the Native American prayer that made him jump that high? I thought it was, like, the hand gesture thing that he did. Well, that was the training. Yeah. Like, yeah, that told him, that told Willy what Jesse wanted him to do. But, like, the fact that he was able to jump that high. Oh. I, are they attributing that jumping power to the Native American prayer or the determination of Willie to be free? 
Because, <laughs> like, that's really going to make or break it for me. Because, like, if Jesse, if they're saying it's the prayer and Jesse said it and he is the white man in this movie, I feel like that's cultural appropriation. But if he just said it because he was connecting with Randolph to say the spirit of this whale is important and we need to save even one will be a great service to society and he and Randolph are working together, then I don't know if it is. Oh, because Randolph said it too, like at the same time, right? Right, right. They were saying it together. That was after Randolph said sometimes things happen. (laughs) Sometimes things happen. (laughs) That's still so funny to me. (laughs) (sighs) Fuck. Well, we've talked about Free Willy. As we are what to do. Speaking about mythical connections with creatures, would you like to talk about this episode of Animorphs? Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. What even was this episode? It was, you know, book 12 or whatever. Okay, 14. just to be clear, just to be clear. 12. We both watched the reaction, the crocodile one, right? The crocodile one, yes. We okay. did. <laughs> Good. Uh. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, listeners. We had a slight issue earlier in the week when we sat down to record and 20 minutes in realized we did not watch the same episode. Which I think we brought up in like episode four. I was like, hey, what happens if in the future we watch completely different episodes? And you're like, oh, my God, I think about that every single time. Well, our worst fears were realized and it happened. I, if I'm being honest, that that was not my worst fear. It, it's a, a fear, but it's not my worst one. One fear. It's one, it's one <laughs> small fear that I've had. Uh, well, we did it. It happened. We, we did it. We watched the same episode. Now we can talk about... I mean, Crocodiles is very generous. Those were caimans at best. Okay, I was wondering, because I was looking at their snouts and being like, okay, they're not alligators because they have, like, the long sort of snouts, but they're Mm -hmm. also really, really small. They're so small. Long, yes. Beefy, no. No. Like, in the context of the book, I'm thinking, like, you know... The body of the crocodile is like 14 feet long, but these guys were like three feet long with like a three foot long tail or something. I don't know. They were babies. They were babies. And in the book, they did say like 12 to 14 foot long alligator. Like they they said big crocodile, whatever. They said big ones. (laughs) (laughs) I can't do this. Jake has fucked up my brain (laughs) and I don't know what they are. But yeah, like in the book, they're like, these are big, big guys. In the TV show, they're like... Oh no, this is a giant creature. And it's like, no, this thing is like, I could pick it up and carry it. It's not big. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So there was that. There was the entire setup of the rescue mission in the beginning, which obviously (laughs) faced some sort of restrictions and made the overall effect not nearly as intense and exciting as in the books. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other like major switch was that Cassie had the allergy instead of Rachel. I'm not sure why. I mean, I assume it was like this was when they wanted to slot in this episode and that's who was, the focus of the episode was on. But like, yeah, my very first thought when it happened was like, oh, God, Cassie would never do that. 
Yeah. Rachel, sure. Cassie, no. Yeah. Well, it's just... It's so much more impactful when it's Rachel because it's all about, like, controlling your emotions. Mm-hmm. And Cassie can control her emotions. And Cassie's very chill, like, all of the time. Yeah. And, like, in this in this episode, she gets a lot of external stimuli to make her feel things, but it's just so much more impactful when it's Rachel. Mm-hmm. And they changed um, Jason Jeremy McColl. Oh, Jeremy Jason McColl. Yeah, they changed his name to what? Jason John McColl. Yeah, why? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I was calling him Jerry, Jeremy Jason McColl several times because that's just like ingrained in my brain. Yeah, I was calling him JTT. Yeah, he's basically JTT. Except Who I am he was a like a 30-year-old man. <laughs> he was so old. He was older than Tom. They put the a Letterman jacket on. <laughs> he was older than Visor 3. <laughs> so old. He was ancient. That's so mean. The guy is probably like in his 20s. No, he's definitely in his 30s in the yeah. show. Yeah. Oh my Late god, that man's early. like 60 now. He is old. Oh my oh. god. Okay, I'm really oh, into no. I I know Googling with Casey and Alex is a very interesting segment, but I gotta look up yeah. the guy. Also the worst actor on the planet. Yeah, quite possibly. <laughs> Cameron Graham. Okay. Was also on a Goosebumps episode. Of course he was. I hate him. Anyways. <laughs> How the fuck old is this man? Doesn't fucking say. No, tell me. Like no birthday or anything? Not on IMDb. Let me look. What's his name again? Cameron what? Cameron Graham. Canadian actor, of course. Um, Paradise Fall. He was in Degrassi? <laughs> okay. Jesus. Uh, tell me. Tell me. Tell me. He was in Zombie Strippers? <laughs> what is that? No fucking way. That's the movie. Well, it's about zombie strippers. That's the one where the, the one chick fires the, the pool balls out of her vagina as a weapon. Oh, dear. And like, so the zombie strippers, the whole f- premise, I'm sure there's other things going on, but the, the underlying story is that the strippers that are zombies make more money because they can keep going all night. They never have to take a break. And so it's, like, the story of why each of them became a zombie eventually. And, like, the one that I remember the most is this, like, young, really innocent girl. She was a virgin. Everybody else was kind of like, oh, she's a virgin, but she's a stripper. But then she became a zombie stripper because she had to pay for her grandma's surgery. But then they end up, like, there's this whole other thing. It's, It's insane. It's an insane movie, but it's very funny. I highly recommend watching zombie strippers at least once in your life. I found the other... Wait, no, that's Cameron Bright. What the? I can't find it. It's a mystery. This man has hidden his age very well. That's because he knew. He's immortal. He is Dorian Gray. Ageless. Okay, well, if you, if any listeners know how old this guy is, write in and tell us, because we are lost. Yeah. Anonymousanimorse at gmail.com. <laughs> how old is Cameron Graham? I must know. Here's another thing. There's like, there's a composer, there's an MMA fighter, there's yeah. somebody in the NFL named Cameron Graham. He's like, there's a smokescreen of Cameron Grahams. Oh my God, which Cameron Graham? 
Where in the world is Cameron Graham? I can't believe he was in Zombie Strippers, though. That makes me like him so much more. Okay. <laughs> God, that's so funny. Because it's like just a weird like kind of little cult movie that's like, I'm sure it's way bigger than that because I know about it. But like, it's just, it's, it seems like a weird little cult movie that nobody would know about. It's very <sighs> funny. It has 4.1 out of 10 stars. That's pretty accurate, actually. Okay. So not <laughs> the worst thing ever. It's... It's bad, but it's funny. The strip club is in Nebraska. Uh, Anyways, I'm sorry. <laughs> he was on, like, everything. Like, Degrassi, Goosebumps, Animorphs, Zombie Strippers, obviously. Like, how do we not have an age and a bio on this guy from one of those shows? I don't know. I'm suspicious and concerned. Me too. <laughs> but I like that they gave him a Letterman jacket, and they're like, this will make him look like a high schooler. <laughs> for his face which looks old right of course that minor detail the entire face they wanted jonathan taylor thomas and they couldn't get him also he would have been like a baby so jtt no jtt's would have been able to do let's look up jtt's age that we can do he was like a real little kid in like the early 90s he was no no no, no. no. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I don't know why my voice did that. He was born in 1981. He's older than us. Wait, what the fuck? JTT. How, how old September is Home 8th, Improvement? 19. It's like it's way old. Okay, so they could have gotten JTT. He would have been, you know, late teens. Past his prime, for sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's fine. But. Yeah. The first episode of, of uh, Home Improvement was in 1991. The final episode was in 1999. So he was coming off his uh, Home Improvement time, and he could have done a stint on Animorphs. They couldn't have afforded JTT, I'm pretty sure, is the main reason. Well, obviously. They couldn't afford anything on that show, but like maybe he would have done it out of the goodness of his heart. Maybe. He was definitely too old to be, like, an Animorphs fan. Yeah. Although, I became an Animorphs fan in my late 20s, so... That's true. That was through threats and trapping you in this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Threatening my life and the lives of my loved ones. Right, with a gun, repeatedly. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. God, someone help me. This is where it all comes out. You beg to be released. (laughs) Don't go in my basement. basement. Fuck your basement. (laughs) Oh my god. Uh, Yes, everybody. I've had her trapped in my house for years now. (laughs) She hasn't seen her family, the sun. Those cat pictures, that's all a lie. I took all those before I kidnapped her. All you feed me is moldy bread. I don't even regret it. You know what? Mold has a lot of nutrients in it. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm keeping you so healthy. (laughs) Maybe we should start talking about the episode (laughs) and summarize. Sure. I mean, I think we did a pretty good job already. They said it was the alligator book. It was Cayman's. And uh, that's that's about it. An old baby actor. And it was... (laughs) That's the episode. JTT. 
I like that pretty much was it. Like, honestly, I'm telling you right now, I've had a few days since I've watched it. So yeah. I'm telling you right now, here's what I remember. This is my summary. It opens. There's a greasy ponytail boy talking to Rachel right. who has no reason to be there. She sends him away to get help because a boy has gone into the alligator pit. There were not alligators. There's very bad acting. Once again, complaint, complaint, complaint. They don't know how to film with animals. Moving right along. Then skin problems. Rachel says, well, sorted. They talk in the barn. I don't know about what, but then they decide to go to Axe. And then Cassie has a meltdown in the barn. It's fine. Then cut to the video game place. Marco, Jake, get their moment, alligator, crocodile, whatever. Rachel, Cassie freak out, bad skin reaction again. Cut to, they go to the studio, JTT's a dickwad, skin reaction. Rachel's like, oh no, you lied. Axe crawls through the bushes just before that in a delightful manner while drinking a soda. (laughs) Cut back to where I was before. They're in the studio. Everything goes awry. JTT is the worst actor on the planet. He pretends to pass out. You can see his tongue moving for reasons I'm unclear of. (laughs) Um, Then his yurt crawls out across the floor. And then for reasons I'm also unclear on, uh, Cayman goes after it. And that's the show. Wow. I mean, basically. Did did I nail it? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, pretty close. Yes, yes, yes. (gasps) That's amazing. This is the best my memory has been in three weeks. I'm yeah. so excited. Honestly, I can't remember jack shit. And I can't believe I just remembered that much. As I was talking, more of it kept coming to me. Uh-huh. It was amazing. Uh-huh. God, I felt like the Rain Man, probably. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I am the Rain Man of Animorphs. Oh, my God. Yeah. So for this, spoiler alert, I did not enjoy this episode. Um, But <laughs> I was when I was taking notes, I was trying to be a little bit like, more succinct with my notes okay um, just because like i wanted to like get through it a little more quickly but there's so much like fucking dialogue in the second Mm -hmm. half of the episode that's like really really hard to sum up because like most of it is actually like kind of important and i tried i tried and i just i don't think (sighs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, this episode it could not be described as good. It's really But like I guess my love of this book kind of carried it a little for me. Mm-hmm. Cause I didn't hate it. So, but also, like, I love this book so much. So the other thing that I had a problem with was because the episode that I mistakenly watched I really, really liked, and I thought, compared <laughs> to the other episodes, some of the other episodes that we've seen, it was actually, like, kind of good in the writing okay. department. Not in the other aspects of the departments. Like, holy shit, I can't wait to talk about that one. But, um, but like, writing-wise, I felt like it was a little bit stronger. And then I watched this one, and I was like, oh, boy, we're back. Um, I mean... I could talk for an hour just about how confused I am about the internet cafe scene and why, just why all of it. So, like, I don't, I don't blame you for wanting to just kind of get through this one because, like, it was rough. But I, I do love the book so much that I was, yeah, I did kind of like it. It carried it for me, but, but it wasn't Rachel though. 
Which it is, wasn't, but like, <sighs> I mean, it's still a good book, but like, I thought that the fact that it wasn't from Rachel's perspective would have dampened it for you. Um, I mean, I'm making a lot of concessions to begin with to even say like that the book helped me like this episode because it's nothing like the book. Right. But like, I don't know. I just, I didn't like it, but I didn't hate it. Yeah. And like, I feel, okay, so what's happening is that like somewhere in the back of, of my mind, the little piece of my mind that's dedicated to Rachel, she is just kind of like gently holding my brain like listen this book was really good though so like just watch it it's okay the book was great <laughs> you have a little rachel inside of me telling you it's gonna be okay <laughs> it's adorable and i love it every every animorph fan has a little animorph inside of them it is there to comfort yeah. you in your time of need yeah, like, you have a little axe in your brain that when things get real bad, he'll just be like, do not worry, it will be okay. And he's just going to hold your brain just a little and be like, <laughs> and whisper, it will be okay. How much he loves cinnamon buns, or I have ruined the symmetry of the shelf. <laughs> I am a juvenile delinquent. <laughs> I probably will not pass high school. <laughs> oh... Perfect. Yeah. See? <laughs> it's helpful. Okay. I can I'm into that. <laughs> so now that we've created these <laughs> little mind animorphs. <laughs> Alright. Let's go. Let's do it. Who is that greasy boy? Who is the greasy boy? Why was he there? I don't fucking know. I okay. Okay. So we're at the gardens. <laughs> And there's people, and there's shots of animals, and there's a crocodile. That's the only important part. Cassie's mm-hmm. looking at the crocodiles, and she's narrating about Tobias being trapped, and sometimes morphs have a mind of their own, blah, blah, blah. I completely forgot about that part. Oh, well, it's not important. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> it's, it's for mood setting, apparently. Oh, good, because I did not. I, in my mind, we straight cut to an open with Cassie and Rachel standing, leaning against the crocodile fence, and the greasy boy walks up. And that's where I thought the episode started. I mean, basically, I mean, yeah. There's a couple establishing Whoops. shots. There's some elephants and shit. Oh, cool. Um, Wish I had seen that. <laughs> <laughs> some peacocks. and Great. Love all of that. How did I miss it? <laughs> I don't know. You were just fixated on Ponytail Boy. Yeah, who the fuck is this kid? So Rachel walks up to Cassie along with Ponytail Kid, and they're bitching about how field trips are great, but they need to last the whole day because half-day field trips are a total mind fuck. Mm -hmm. And who the fuck is this kid? Who is he? What's his story? They even name him. But, like, his story has to be... okay. His story is definitely that he was somebody with severe amnesia because his whole story, not to like jump ahead, but his entire storyline is Rachel tells him to go get help. He leaves. He comes back and he asks us, what what are you guys up to? Like when he left, there was a child in the crocodile pit when he came back. Oh my God. Oh my God. Yes. Yes. So his is a story of tragedy in the form of a severe amnesia disease. 
He ran, <laughs> and then he forgot why he was running, and then slowly meandered back to his he friends Rachel and Cassie. Meander- <laughs> it's a miracle he can even remember their names. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he didn't. He was just like, That's I true. know them, and I'm not going to name them because I've forgotten their names, but... But they look familiar and comforting to me. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that's that guy. Yeah, they even name him and I... Randall or something, I Ethan. don't know. <laughs> I wasn't even close! <laughs> like, not even in the same stratosphere. Wow. <laughs> Opposite ends of the alphabet. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> I just called him ponytail. Yeah, that's a good call. <laughs> Sorry. Let's what so what happens from the time that Ethan leaves them? Well, okay, so Rachel and Ponytail walk up. And then the crocodiles, sorry, Caymans, are just chilling and they're like, This is so boring. They they might as well be fake. And then the guy's like, Let's go look at the tigers. They're real. <laughs> I was like, what the oh, yeah. fuck is this, like, Harry Potter? Like, make the snake move, father. Like, <laughs> fucking hell. God, that would have been, like, such a different story. <laughs> Cassie starts talking to the game. <laughs> oh, my God. And then we find out that she's, like, that's part of her estrine stuff. Oh, was yeah. that, like, she can talk to animals. She can talk to them and morph them real good. Oh, man. But then, like she's allergic to them so she finds out she can talk to them and then she's banned from talking to them and that's her secret struggle throughout the whole series oh no because they make her sneeze too much oh no (laughs) (sighs) Um, (sighs) so they go look at the tigers and this tiger needs a brushing real bad Mm -hmm. because because oh my gosh he's just got clumps of hair falling off of him and Drove me fucking insane. Um, also, also, just as they were leaving, the little kid runs up to the fence and he just starts like climbing the fence. And I was like, this motherfucker <laughs> was just waiting for his opportunity. Um, I, that fence was so inviting to climb, though. I would have climbed the fence. Oh my! Right, it was like four feet high. There's no like not chain even. length fence behind it. The Nothing. enclosure is like not descended into the ground or anything. There's no moat. Like. You're asking for people to climb the fence. I have a picture of me jumping a stick that was higher than that fence. Like, if I had a run at that fence, I could easily have cleared it. Yeah! This is a fucking OSHA safety hazard, you guys. Yeah! (laughs) I mean, it would be if there were actual crocodiles on the other side and not the tiny little geckos that they (laughs) used. (laughs) Iguanas. Um, so, yeah, kid's in there. Somebody's like, what's that kid doing? And they turn around and they see him. And they run over there and Cassie's like, that kid's fucking nuts! And he just, kid walks right up to the caiman and he's like, whoa, cool, I'm a child, I don't know anything. Uh, then Rachel tells Ethan to go get help. And he runs. And he runs directly through this, like, couple that's walking Oh my by. god, yes! <laughs> Oh my god! The there was so much clearance on either side of them, and he straight ran through the middle of them. He's like, no, I have to make as big of a scene as fucking possible. <laughs> oh my god. 
Um, oh, this fucking kid. Yeah. Ugh, shit. I hate that kid so much. <laughs> I hate that useless fuck. Oh. So Cassie jumps the fence and climbs in, and Rachel's like, "What are you doing?" And I'm like, "She's falling up." She- oh god. <laughs> You're so mad, you can't even <laughs> I'm talk! I'm sputtering. <laughs> I'm also drinking rum, so there's that. That's neither here nor there. <laughs> I'm sputtering with rage. Okay, let me try that again. Cassie jumps the fence. Rachel's like, what are you doing? And I said, she's fucking pulling Jumping a Rachel. Fence. That's what she's doing. Uh... This was you in the book, Rachel. Don't judge. <laughs> So she goes up to the kid and she grabs her on the shoulder and she's like, hey, it's not safe. Let's let's not be here. Let's go to the other side of the fence. But then they just kind of like stand there and don't move. Um, yeah. And then Rachel comes up behind them and she's like, stop dicking around. Let's go. <laughs> and I yeah. agree. Yeah. Um, the I'm just going to call them crocodiles. They're not, but whatever. That's what I yeah, have written whatever. down. I have to do it. Doesn't it doesn't matter. Um, so the crocodiles are starting to get agitated. And Cassie's like, we need to back away slowly. Another one comes up from the side and they're surrounded. <laughs> there's some shots of the crocs and the kids are looking scared. And then there's a really stupid zoom into one of the, their mouths. Oh my God. It just highlighted how small these things were. Oh my God. It's like, look at the teeth. Look at the teeth but they, of this they, tiny lizard. I didn't. They like zoomed in on the palate at the back yeah. of its mouth. And I was just like, wow, its mouth is really white pink. <laughs> look at the mouth. Yeah. Ugh. That's where your head will go. Wow, I could hold that entire thing down with my pinky finger. My fucking God, right? It could try to bite me, but its mouth is too small to wrap around any of my extremities. Yep. And you could probably just hold its mouth shut with your hands. I would just pick it up. <laughs> like, nope. I wouldn't even bother, like, restraining its mouth. It's like, oh, you want to turn around and try to bite me? I'll just pick you up like the small dog you are. <laughs> Ugh, hey, these things. Hey. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, they really tried to make this a very intense scene, and it just did not work. Nope, it didn't. They didn't even, like, try to intersperse shots of actual, like, big crocodiles. They straight up were like, we will make these three-foot beasts look so scary. Yeah. They and, didn't. They failed. And there's no shots of the kids in the same frame with no. the crocodiles because <laughs> they knew it would look stupid. So every yeah. shot you see of a crocodile is just it on its own. Yep. So. <sighs> Whatever. Theme song. It's all in your hands. <laughs> um, it's exactly how it goes. Yeah. So the crocodiles are hissing. Rachel's like, what do we do? Cassie tells him to make a break for the fence at the count of three. She's going to acquire its DNA and put it into the trance to buy them time. She counts to three. Rachel and the kid run four feet to the fence. Cassie dives to the ground and grabs the tail of one of the crocodiles to acquire it. Mm -hmm. You probably just could have walked calmly to the fence and it would have been fine. It totally would have been. Also, you probably shouldn't have dived down to the ground with the crocodiles. Yeah, probably. Also, she grabbed the tail of one of them, which indicates that it was, like, starting to leave the situation. 
So yeah. like the the risks are not high here. Oh god. No, not at all. She actively stopped the thing from clearing. <laughs> I know. She it was like, okay, well I guess I'm gonna leave. No, you have to stay. Stay with I me. I have to acquire you. This is the plan. <laughs> uh, like, I get it, like, you don't want you probably don't want Nadia grabbing anything other than the tail. For like eh. safety reasons. But again, it's fucking two foot long thing i see no reason why she couldn't have grabbed the snout and like especially because she would have known that like it takes no pressure to close their mouths because all of their their force is in the biting and not the opening so like i i even for safety reasons i see no like i think it would be more dangerous from listen i've watched a lot of crocodile hunter (laughs) Or whatever it's called. But um, the whole thing is that if you grab their tail, they can turn around and bite you. So probably somebody was actively holding its head. So she could have jumped and, like, held the head, like, in a proper form. Yeah. And it would have looked cooler, except for it being real small. And, like, anyways, I'm sorry. (laughs) No, it's it's totally, I agree. I agree. (sighs) (laughs) Yeah. It's just, whoever blocked out this, this scene whoever storyboarded this not even storyboarded because i don't think they did storyboard it but like whoever thought this up was just whatever did you think they just showed up drunk to, to the zoo? do you <laughs> think they showed up drunk to this whole show I, like ah film some shit here zoom in it'll look great i just <laughs> i don't even know at this point i'm just so exasperated Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Okay, Rachel throws the kid over the fence, and she's like, Cassie, get out of there! And Cassie lets the croc go. It makes a dog noise, and then runs away. <laughs> and she runs to the fence like like she's being fucking chased, and hauls herself over. I do not believe for a minute that Rachel would have left Cassie behind when she was in trouble. No. Because Rachel said, like, Cassie, get out of there, and then she jumped over the fence herself. It's mm-hmm. like, that's not very Rachel. She would have gone over no. there and kicked the crocodile. Probably. She probably would have picked it up and thrown it. <laughs> Leave my friend alive! <laughs> Fuck off, crocodile! I'm Rachel. <laughs> Where are the drugs? Where's the drugs? Where's Harvey Dent? <laughs> Why do we always do this? <laughs> I don't know. <sighs> <sighs> Why are we like this as people? It's Rachel's fault for having the name Rachel. <laughs> BFFs. Fuck. So Cassie gets back over the fence, and she do. All of the people who are watching just kind of decide to leave. Like nobody's like, "Oh my god, are you okay?" And like no one's checking on the kid. Everyone's just like, "All right, bye." (laughs) (laughs) See ya. All right. Well, that's over. That was not as exciting as we thought it was going to be. Bye. Um, oh, wow. And then Ethan comes back and he's like, oh, hey, what's up, guys? <laughs> you had one job. You had one job, you little shit. Like, I feel like they didn't even film it in the order that they <laughs> put it together. In. Yeah. I think it would have been funny if, like, Ethan, instead of going to look at the tigers, Ethan would have just, like, wandered off. Like by himself, yeah. and then just missed the whole crocodile thing, and that that would have been, been way funnier. Yeah, yeah. Although 
I did so enjoy him bursting through the couple walking <laughs> together for no fucking reason. So dramatic. <laughs> so unnecessary. Oh my god. <laughs> fucking Christ. Why was this kid even here? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Maybe he was like... I thought his name was Randall. <laughs> Maybe he was, like, the kid of one of the, like, executives, and he just wanted to be in the mm, show for, like, mm-hmm. a cameo. But, like, he got what we know from our Facebook friend who walked us through this. That guy had lines. Like, he is in the Actors Guild. He got paid. Well, yeah, but, like, you know, he could have just been an aspiring actor who never got any roles, and then he knew somebody on... Oh, and then, like... Yeah, through nepotism got on the oh, show, okay. even though he... Didn't matter and didn't do a very good job, honestly. <laughs> I'm trying to yeah. find a justification for why he was there. To burst through those two people walking <laughs> together. <laughs> to have a ponytail. Oh my god, oh. yeah, to have that gross ponytail. <laughs> At least it wasn't a rat tail. I mean, that's the small, small silver lining <laughs> in everything that happened. <laughs> Oh, Christ almighty. <laughs> Do we get to the internet cafe? No, we have the barn first, don't we? Yeah, so like... Fuck. That's, I hated this scene. That's basically the end of that scene. Um, oh, first it's Visitor 3. He's flipping through a TV. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> Sorry. Continue. I totally forgot about this scene. Okay, so Visitor 3 is flipping through channels, and he's like, why do humans like TV so much? Blah, blah, blah. And... A voice off screen is like, TV is entertainment for humans. And Visitor 3 is like, why haven't we used it for our purposes? <laughs> and then the voice is like, that's why we're watching this TV. And he steps into frame and it's Tom. Because we always need to Tom. have some sort of off screen reveal for Tom. Like every <laughs> single fucking time. The ultimate creeper, Tom. He is, but like. I don't know why they do this reveal every time. It's like, we already know he's a controller. We already know he's creepy. So just like put him places. Don't do this every time. It loses its impact. You know what this is exactly like? This is going to be such a weird pull, but it's exactly like the running gag in the McElroy TV show for the My Brother, My Brother, Me TV show where Justin jumps out. (laughs) Yeah, jump scare. It's exactly like that, where, like, it's never surprising. It's n- <laughs> never <Sneak attack>. scary. <laughs> That's not how sneak attack works. <laughs> yeah. He just, like, he keeps trying to jump scare us, but, like, it's so ineffective. It is. Ugh. It's so tedious. <laughs> it's like when Team Rocket shows up and they do the whole thing, and it's like, just, if you just showed up, you could get a lot done in the time it takes to do this intro. <laughs> not that I would ever tell Team Rocket not to do it, because their intro is delightful. But, but but there were a couple of episodes where like one of the one of the trio was like, "Okay, shut up. We already know." And Team Rocket was yeah. like, "How dare you interrupt our theme song?" Yeah, like, and that we was need funny. to get. It was very fun. I hope that somebody starts doing that to Tom <laughs> at some point. Like, yeah, Tom, we know you're there. Come on, sneak just around, step Tom. out. Tom, you've been breathing behind my door for 15 minutes waiting for your entrance. That's enough. (laughs) Dramatic entrance. (laughs) Oh, my God. (sighs) But, yeah. Tom's there. God damn it, Tom. Tom's there. He's there. And 
he turns to a channel with Jason McColl and he's talking about him and be like, he's popular with human females and he is what they call a movie star. And we're going to get him to talk about the sharing. And Visor 3 is like, excellent television worth watching. (sighs) And it's like, he is in his 30s and he looks like a knockoff Baldwin brother. I don't understand, but whatever, Tom. (laughs) So, okay, so now we're at the barn. Thank God. Yeah. I hate this scene, though, and I don't want to talk about it anymore. I hate it, too. <laughs> okay. 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 <laughs> I hate it, too. I wonder if we hate it for the same reasons. Okay. So Cassie and Rachel are talking. Cassie's like, I don't feel good. And they're talking about maybe she's allergic to something, and she's been upset since the zoo. Uh, the phone rings, and Cassie goes and answers it. And she has this, like, one-sided <sighs> phone conversation. And... <sighs> She was talking, like, way too quickly for there to be anyone on the other line. Um, I think I've done that exact exercise in high school drama class. Really? (laughs) Answer the telephone and have a, yeah. 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 Whatever, it's fine. Um, But, like, okay, let's talk about the other side of that coin, though. Rachel, has she never interacted with somebody talking on a phone before? What do you mean? Like... She just keeps flitting around Cassie like, what is it? At full volume. It's like, Rachel, she's on the phone. Like, I would expect her to be like mouthing like, what is it? But instead she's like, what is it? Who's there? Who's that? Hi. Who are they talking? Can you hear me? And she's like, Cassie shushes Rachel at one point and she just keeps going, what? What's going on? <laughs> it's like, hey, God, shh. Pay attention to me. <laughs> oh my God. Oh. Well, Cassie finally hangs up. Rachel's like, Thank what the God. fuck was that? Cassie says, Larry and Linda Live heard about them saving the kid, and they want them to be on the show tomorrow. So at this point, you think they would, like, scream or, like, jump up and down or show some sort of emotion. And Rachel just kind of goes like, oh, our 15 minutes of fame. And then Cassie immediately goes back to chores. That's <laughs> like, you guys! You think they'd, like, tell their parents? <laughs> I... <laughs> uh... You're so casual about it. Like, if one, like, if Cassie had gone back to chores, but Rachel was like, oh my god, can you believe, like, I'd be like, okay. (laughs) But they were just kind of like, let's show a little bit of emotion, and then, like, we're done. Great. TV. Yay! Wonder what it's like to be on TV. Turns to camera. Winks. (laughs) (laughs) Or, like, Uh, I don't know. I just, it, I don't blame the actors. I kind of feel like that was a director call. Yeah. But like. And like the the scripting too. Yeah. And there's a point later where they kind of scream and it feels really weird too. It's like. (laughs) Nothing was right. Everything was wrong. Everything was terrible. And I mean, the point later where they're screaming, the only reason they were screaming was so they could grasp each other's arms so you could see Cassie's, they could do a shot on her arm yeah. straight on yeah. where they could overlay easily. Anyways, this is not the point. Yeah, whatever. Okay, so <sighs> subpar reaction to that news. Cassie is bending over a bag of feed and we get a shot of her left arm and it starts erupting into crocodile scales and she is alarmed. Rachel's like, mm-hmm. what, what's wrong? And Cassie's like, nothing, I'm fine, I'm just excited. And Cassie was- Did wor- she have a bucket? What? 
Did she have a bucket? Or did she... She just had a feed scoop, didn't she? Yeah. God, all the animals were so far away. I would have taken a bucket. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, I'm criticizing your barn chore management skills. I mean, no wonder she's always working in the barn. She's not worried about, like, making it go faster, efficiency, smart way to do this. Nah. No wonder she's always busy. Yeah. She's got all the time in the world. <laughs> Ugh. I was just freaking out because she was wearing one of those, like, plastic watches from the 90s. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I miss you, plastic watches. It was, like, yellow. Me too. Delightful. Yeah. All right. So now we're at the internet cafe. Thank God. This is my favorite scene. Uh, Well, second favorite scene. Okay. Just because it's, like, Okay. Yeah, it's good. Like... Yeah. Yeah. I, well, it's not good. <laughs> well, there's some <laughs> good, like, it's... Jake and Marco stuff as well. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, whatever. We'll talk about it. So Jake, <laughs> Jake is, like, lecturing them. He's like, what were you thinking? And, like, exposing himself at the crocodile exhibit and blah, blah, blah. And... That sounds dirty. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you say this? I don't know. <laughs> Why would you take this in that direction? <laughs> You just said exposing themselves. Oh, no. All of a sudden, I'm imagining them like flashing crowds <laughs> oh, at the no. crocodile exhibit. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, just continue. I'm so sorry. I do it. <laughs> Ugh. Um, Marco makes some joke. He was like, "Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. All the all people saw was Cassie mind melding with a reptile. How weird could that be?" And Cassie tells him to stop trying to help. Um, Jake's like, you have to consider the risk before jumping into a snake pit. And Marco's like, crocodile. And Jake's like, whatever. Um, and then he's like, now you're going to be on TV. And he's basically channeling all of his disappointed dad energy into this scene. Mm -hmm. Um, Cassie's like, we didn't ask for this and we have a chance to save people. And Jake's like, it's not always going to be that simple. Um, Rachel, who has been sitting at a computer, letting Cassie take all the heat, uh, calls her over to look at something on her monitor. Jake gets in one more sad dad face. And then Rachel shows Cassie the Larry and Linda live website. It's the worst website I've ever fucking seen in my oh life. God. Holy yes, shit. Is. Do you know what a logo is? <sighs> Why was it that color? Why was it so, like, like warped? I don't know. It was terrible and bad, and it was bad, and I just hated it. Um... The scroll feature. Like, okay. <laughs> the window within a window. Oh, the window within a window. And then, like, the scroll on the tiny window. And, like, the copy was just not... Oh, God. Sorry. It's all bad. It hurts. It was all bad. Ugh. The point is, Cassie and Rachel got on the website. And apparently this is, like, a big fucking deal. And they're freaking out. There's a delightful shot of Marco offering Jake a nacho, and Jake gives him the most disgusted look <laughs> of all time. <laughs> it was, like, inappropriately upset. He's like, you motherfucker. I loved that so much. <laughs> it was so aggressive. I don't know. So, he, like, he looked at Marco like he was, like, a Nazi or something. He was just like, ugh. <laughs> Like, the other option, though, was Marco feeding him the nacho. <laughs> Those are the two options. 
like Jake's like had his head turned one way and Marco's just like poking his mouth. <laughs> yeah, and then like Jake looks at him and he just slides it into his mouth slowly. <laughs> oh no. Oh my god. <laughs> like if that had have happened in the background, this would skyrocket to my favorite episode <laughs> of the entire show. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> I can't. Thank you for making that image in my head. <laughs> I'm so happy that I could make that image in your head. It seems so much better for me. Oh, good. I'm glad. <laughs> so. Rachel and Cassie are looking at the website. They're looking mm-hmm. at the other guests. They're like, oh, the, the animal guy is going to be on here. And, oh my god, Jason, John McCall! And they grab each other, and they scream. And it's a very orange mocha frappuccinos type of moment. <laughs> um, Sorry. Jake's watching them freak out. Rachel finally composes herself. Oh. And she's like, okay, let's act our age here. And then Twelve. she looks down and she's like, Cassie, your arm. Cassie looks and the scales are returning. She's morphing back into the crocodile. Rachel's like, what the fuck are you doing? Cassie's like, I'm not doing anything. Uh, the scales disappear. She turns to her left and Jake is sitting like very, very creepily close to her. And he's like, guys, take it easy. It's just me. What's the big deal? It's like, oh my God. holy shit, Jake, stop this. Um... Like, yet another very strange an exit and entrance. Like, who wrote Because, like, okay, there's, like, a slight divider between Rachel and Cassie and Marco and Jake. So Jake would have right. had to, like, get up and move into their little nook. Don't they show it here? Because there's, like, a couple times that they show the shot of the boys flipping back and forth yeah. between the booths. There's, like, a half and, like, wall between them. Yeah, and they keep, like, they keep sliding out of the end, keeping their back to the half wall, and just making this awkward rotational turn to then slide in on the other side. And it, like, always looks weird and unnatural. Yeah. And, like, so obvious because it's a weird movement, and yet, like, the girls never pick up on it in this scene. Like, they, they, he's clearly in their line of sight. He's doing something that's weird and would catch your attention, but, like, the girls never, like look over when he does it. They're all just like, oh, you're here. When did you get here? Yeah. Ugh. It's so weird. I I love, personally, I thought that was so fucking funny because it was so weird and like, <laughs> just, it's such a weird choice that every time it happened, I was like laughing. So I was like, what the fuck is he doing? Oh my God. Just being a creep. Taking after <laughs> oh, his Oh, not as creepy Tom. as he's about to be. Oh my God. <laughs> Ugh. Um, so Jake's like, what the fuck? Uh, Rachel's like, oh, Jason John McCall's gonna be on the show with us. Jake's like, so? And Rachel goes, he's like the cutest guy ever. And Jake's like, <laughs> as cute as me? And Cassie and Rachel kind of look at each other. Jake looks very slightly disappointed, and then he recovers, and he's like, I didn't think so. Hey, Marco, there's some boy that they're in love with. And Marco's like, mm, yeah, that's nice, dear. Uh, <laughs> Marco does not give a single not, fuck what is happening. He's invested in his nachos or something. I don't know what he's doing, but he just makes the most like uninterested noise. Um, yeah. So this like, s- sorry. No, go ahead. This just read to me as Jake getting so jealous that Cassie likes someone else. Like I, that's 
one of the little details about this internet cafe scene that I also enjoyed mm-hmm. was that there was so many moments that they played off like Jake and Cassie like each other. And because the actors had such good chemistry, there was actually some cute, believable moments of them, like, sharing a look or, like, when Jake looks genuinely disappointed. And, like, there's just these little, like, (laughs) details that I kind of loved that, like, felt totally like the actors were putting it in there. Yeah. Yeah. That's, That's interesting. I didn't quite pick up on that, I think. But, yeah, I can see that. <sighs> Especially, I, I could be reading it. No, 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 because like the next thing Jake does was is he pulls the computer towards him and he's like, "Who is this clown anyway?" Mm-hmm. And like, there's so much like unnecessary vitriol in that voice. Yeah. And so like, you can tell he's a little bit like, like butt hurt that Cassie didn't say he was cuter. So yeah, he's definitely got. Like, I think this jealous absolutely. Uh huh, and that's why Marco doesn't give a shit. Cause he's like, "Yeah, you're just you're trying to get your girlfriend to admit you're cuter than the star, yep, or whatever." Yep. I have fucking nachos. Fuck off. <laughs> I have delicious <laughs> snacks. That is my priority. <laughs> uh, if only Paulo was there. Oh my. Okay, I'll rant about that at the end. Okay. Oh, God. Okay. So. Uh, Jake is like, who is this clown anyway? And Rachel's like, you're just jealous that Cassie and I are going to be on TV with a gorgeous movie star. Jake's looking at the page and he's like, hang on, didn't she read the fine print? Cassie's like, what are you talking about? Jake points and Cassie reads that Jason McCall is going to be talking about the sharing. Uh, She and Rachel look very disappointed. Marco slides over and he's like, wow, did those benefits come before or after they put a slimy slug in your head? (laughs) Thanks, Marco. (laughs) Cassie's like, this is a good plan. More people will be joining the sharing if Jason McCall's involved. Uh, Jake, what? Sorry. Reading. Reading is a vital skill in this day and age. Nah, we don't need it. Um, do away with it. <laughs> uh, Rachel's like, do you think they got Jason? And Jake kind of scoffs. And he's like, we need a plan. And he and Marco go back to their little table. Cassie's like, I can't believe it. Rachel says, at least we're all in the same show, so we can help him. Cassie says he might already be a controller, and Rachel says, then we'll save him another way. And Cassie says she doesn't want her weird morphing thing to interfere with them saving Jason. And Rachel says we should talk to Axe. Cassie says she has to go, and she leaves, and Jake looks sad. Um, then they are in a library. And yay, libraries! Um... <laughs> Cassie is scouring the shelves. She finally finds the section on reptiles. Oh my gosh. She picks up. I forgot about Yeah, this. she picks up one of those like 20 page like kids picture books about crocodiles. <laughs> Which, like, They'll have everything I need to know in this 20 page book. Like, like, I get it. Like, I don't know. It's. What am I trying to say? It's it's a good, like, visual prop to have for filming because, like, there's obvious, there's, like, that big title on the front that says reptiles. There's a big picture of, like, a crocodile inside the book where we see. But, like, Cassie is, like, 16, 17 years old. She would pick up, like, a fucking, like, thick, dry, like, text about crocodiles, I feel like. And, like, there's no reason why a scientific book about crocodiles wouldn't have a big picture of a mm-hmm. crocodile on the front and say crocodiles on it. Like, yeah. They, 
I this choice yeah was so bad and her parents are vets yeah like what they're gonna be telling you in those books is things like mommy crocodiles carry the babies in their mouths <laughs> crocodiles lay eggs isn't that cool like they're gonna be telling you the shit that everyone fucking yeah. knows about crocodiles yeah. like <sighs> yeah i just it was so i didn't buy it at all it was just it was like yeah no this whole, oh my god, god fucking damn it it was like just pick up a zoo book at that point just pick up like a fucking just pick up peter pan because <laughs> you'll learn as much about the crocodiles, crocodiles on the peter cover. pan as you <laughs> <laughs> they can eat clocks eat clocks and then stalk you until you die <laughs> That's everything I know about crocodiles. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Fuck. So bad. That book was so bad. And like, what pissed me off even more about that was that like, no one mentions it. Like, Tom's right there. Yeah. Like, why Why not say like, isn't that a little below your reading? <laughs> <laughs> just fucking shames her. Well, what are you reading baby books for, Cassie? I mean, his whole thing was neg the boys into the sharing. <laughs> That's true. Like, That's his whole strategy for any situation. Like, follow through, Tom. <laughs> oh, my uh, God. This whole scene is bad, and it's made worse by the fact that she hears a voice call her name, and Tom is there. And he is just a fucking creep the whole time. He's like, he's got her in like a narrow alleyway of bookshelves and yeah he starts like talking to her about you know whatever and she's like getting nervous because she knows he's a controller and she's got like spikes coming out of her back and she's trying to like hide it and he's like looking at her suspiciously but then like he he starts talking about like so you've been hanging out with my brother a lot do you like him but it's like ah. You're the Why is that the line of questioning you chose? Uh, like, what is that? What? What is that going to accomplish? Like, you've been hanging out with my brother. Yeah. Do you like him? Yeah. That's it. That's the. That's <laughs> where the conversation goes. That's where it ends. Right. And he's a controller. There's nothing else. Well, and like the first time he did that in episode like four or whatever, he was like, "Oh, like you've been hanging out with my brother. You should get him to join the sharing." Like does not even bother going there. No, this he time. doesn't. He's just asking her these really personal questions and making her very <laughs> uncomfortable. And then he's like, "Oh, I heard you saved that kid from the crocodile. That's cool." Oh. I guess what I guess what this episode is trying to teach us is that toxic masculinity is the real threat that the Yorks are bringing. Oh, uh, no. I mean... You know what, Cassie? You can fuck politeness if you feel uncomfortable. You can say no. You can leave the situation. Just because you're a woman doesn't mean you have to answer his fucking questions oh about whether or not you like his brother. Straight up, that's what it felt like. It felt like Tom trying to chat up a girl in a library. She's clearly uncomfortable and she's just being polite for her own safety. And he's just not picking up... Or he is picking up that she's uncomfortable, but he's, like, doubling down anyway. It's so creepy. It's not creepy in, like, a yerk way. It's creepy in a, like, a you're being a creepy man way. 
Yeah, like uh, you're not reading my body signals, which say stop. It's a metaphor. <laughs> Her morphing into a crocodile because she's uncomfortable. It's. <sighs> but she's also literally turning into a crocodile. <laughs> I just, I, I mean, like, like, I don't know. She's reacting negatively because she's uncomfortable and she's trying to hide this. Yes. And, and oh my God, I just. <sighs> yeah. This scene is much deeper than I thought it was when we started. <laughs> Sorry, this. I didn't mean to like. No, I I appreciate this because finally there's something worth talking about in this scene. Oh my god! And that is to read people's body language, stop making them uncomfortable. Yeah, it's teaching kid no if some creep no. is is trying to talk to you in the library and you feel uncomfortable and you would like to morph into a crocodile, that they're probably a bad person and you should leave. Mm-hmm. Yes. Stranger Danger PSA. <laughs> it is a Stranger Danger PSA for sure. It's just I was just cringing sure. the whole time, especially when like at some point he kind of like moves towards her and she jumps back and knocks some books off the shelf, and I was just like, "Don't fucking touch her, though." Like, stop. well, like yeah, like we were supposed to be reading it like she doesn't want you to touch her because she has the the crocodile skin, but no, like in real life, if somebody doesn't want you to touch them, don't fucking touch them. Well, and it's like you're already at, if not a, un, it's kind of an uncomfortable distance because like again, you're slammed in between these two shelves. You're maybe like two yeah. or three feet from each other, and the fact mm-hmm. that you're trying to close that distance in any for any reason is like yeah unacceptable <laughs> yeah like what are you trying to do are you trying to like pat her on the shoulder or something don't fucking touch her Ugh! no there was there was no part of that conversation that invited you in to touch her at any i point. kind of wish he had like like moved to the side to like lean his elbow on the shelf that she was against mm-hmm. so like it's not like he was coming towards her necessarily but he's still doing this kind of like threatening thing that would have like the gaston thing yeah kind of like the like putting the arm there um or Uh something so like it wouldn't have been like quite as aggressive but it's still like subtly aggressive and she still would have reacted to it but like the fact that he like moved towards her as if to touch her was like deeply unsettling and it didn't i don't know why he did that i don't know either and you're right like it is a weirdly aggressive thing so if you're just putting your arm like above her and getting like taller than her like you're still trapping that person in the space and it's not cool but like that's kind of like a i know i'm bigger and stronger than you and i'm just gonna kind of flaunt it but when you come directly at somebody that's like a threat maneuver yeah Yeah, i was oh man i just heard that whole scene this is being super creepy and not in like a yerk way just isn't like this is he's a creep. Yeah, boy. more like in a predator way. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> well, eventually he like fucking takes the hint that she's uncomfortable, and she's not okay. And he's like, "All right, I guess I'm gonna go now. Bye." <laughs> and she, you know, she as he walks past her, she kind of turns so he can't like see the spikes coming out of her back. And at some point, she uh-huh. she turns around and and there's like a cracking noise, and she obviously like has a tail growing out. <laughs> That was a pretty good pantomime right there. Yeah. And I thought the the effect of the spikes coming out of her back, they did some really good work there. Like, that was great. Yeah. I don't know if she must have had, like, some sort of, like, 
harness or something that she put on with the spikes. But yeah, that was really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it was awesome. That was a good job. That was a great job, so. Good job, props I appreciate that. Yeah, way to not phone it in for this scene. Yeah. Let's keep it simple. Exactly. Subtle. It's <laughs> great. Well, the, uh, the prop work is not great in this next scene. We're going to go back to the barn for a minute. And the kids are all gathered around going over the plan. And Jake is holding this, this whiteboard in his lap. And is, like, pointing to it very awkwardly. And just... Oh, my God. I It bothered me so much. I'm like, this is, like, the worst thing you could have done. Like, why didn't you just have a whiteboard in the barn that Jake could have been standing in front of? Like, you could have had, like, the... It could have been there for, like, narrative purposes. Because you could have had, like, oh, like, the raccoon needs this amount of whatever this medicine is. So, like, you could have just had, like, a full-size whiteboard. Instead, you give Jake this, like... 16 by 20 whiteboard to put in his lap to awkwardly crane his body over trying to draw this diagram of the TV studio. I don't know. It just bothered me. I have zero recollection of that. <laughs> I'm just like going off for 10 minutes and you're just like, I don't remember that. I was like, I'm trying desperately to picture it and like, it's gone. Oh no. <laughs> Why would they do that? Where did they get a diagram of the studio? I don't know. Uh. <laughs> wow. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah. I don't know. It it was... Made me mad, personally, on a personal level. I I can appreciate that. I, I just can't picture it. <laughs> but I, I'm also wondering why they would make that specific choice when very obviously... Like, there's so many reasons why you'd have that. We have whiteboards. There's been whiteboards in every barn I've been yeah. in. And the one where there wasn't, I hung up a magnet board and we used it immediately. Yeah. It's a totally commonplace thing to find in a rehab clinic or a barn. And absolutely. <sighs> yeah. Anywhere where there's animals on a schedule, you need a whiteboard. Absolutely. But no, give Jake a tiny one to put in his lap. Like he's reading a little book to little kids. That's so weird. That's so weird. What, al- what is also weird is that Tobias is here, and apparently he's fine. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, okay. <laughs> I have to talk about Jake and Tobias. In the- oh, okay, yeah, I want to know. I was, I was wondering about that. There is this one part of the scene where Jake is walking back and forth talking, and he and... I think Rachel's initially by Tobias and then they like Rachel walks across the scene and Jake walks up to Tobias and like leans against the thing that he's perched on and is just talking about the plan. And the Harris Hawk is like kind of like drooping its wings, Mm -hmm. like not really mantling, but kind of. And like Jake is just saying something and the Harris Hawk just like perfectly timed, just reaches over and just kind of taps his shoulder with a wing a few times. Like. Just perfectly with whatever he was saying. And it was just so great. And I loved that Sean did not fucking twitch. He was just like, this is natural. I fucking, I was so pumped that Sean did that. I was like, he's great. I love Oh my God. Yes. Because like, I saw the bird doing that thing with its wings. It was almost like, like the bird had gotten his wings wet and he was like drying them or something. I didn't know what he was doing. Yeah, or like... 
I mean, sometimes they do that when they're stressed out, like to try and cool off, they'll droop their wings. But he wasn't like panting or doing any of the other stress behaviors. So I wasn't totally sure either. Like I thought maybe it was like he was just cooling off a bit, like maybe slightly stressed. But like he, again, he wasn't looking like way out of control or anything. Oh, but yeah, I saw I saw the wings touching Sean, and I was just like, oh, it's so cute. It's so cute when animals touch you. <laughs> I don't know. This is something cute. About. Like like when when Jake was touching the tiger, and he pulled his hand away, and the tiger kind of like sniffed his hand. I was just like, oh no. The other day, I was doing something with Pony, and she looked at my face real cute, and I was like. Aw, and then she swung her head to look at something and totally smashed me upside the side of the head. I was wearing a helmet, so it was fine, but I was like, what the fuck? It's not cute when animals touch you like that. <laughs> yeah, so it's only cute sometimes it's only cute when animals when they touch gently you. interact with you, not when they swing their giant yeah. fucking heads around the pony. <laughs> oh my god. Sorry. Continue. Ugh. All right, so Tobias is there. He's fine. He's recovered from his dig hole death. adventure. <laughs> his death adventure <laughs> where he died in the yerk pool. <laughs> he where he straight up died and then got dragged through <laughs> God knows how much hole in the ground to get to the surface. God. He's fine. He walked it off. Cassie probably nursed him back to help. I don't know. There's a story sure. there. I just don't know what it is. <laughs> they took him to Nurse Joy. They did the do, 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 do. And Tobias is good to go now. Oh, no. Fucking great. Ugh. Um, what else happens in this scene? Jake says something about a switch. And Axe says switch over and over because he's precious. Finally, Axe is in a fucking scene. Um... Marco mm-hmm. makes a joke. Tobias also makes a joke. <laughs> <laughs> insert joke. Insert joke. Uh, Cassie walks in and she's like, Axe, I want to talk to you. And they're like, what the fuck? And she's like, I just want to talk to Axe. Now I'm going to fucking have a meltdown. She starts doubling over in pain, clutching her stomach. Um, and then she just has like a fucking morph meltdown in a stall. And everybody just kind of stares at her. Uh, mm-hmm. there's a kind of a cool shot of like the crocodile snout coming out of her face, um, which I thought was pretty cool. Cause like her eyes disappeared at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she morphs into the crocodile. The camera zooms into the crocodile's mouth, which like cross fades into her own human mouth and it zooms out and she's back to human and she's super sweaty. And then she like morphs back into the croc again. She's very sweaty. She's so sweaty. So this is sweaty. gonna be a thing. This is gonna be a thing. Just you get sweaty after you morph. Um, so yeah, she just like flips the fuck out and morphs back and forth in this crocodile, and everybody just kind of stares at her. And finally, Axe like rushes forward and helps her up. And Marco's like, "Houston, we have a problem." Oh, <laughs> okay. So I love Axe, but this scene goes on forever. Um, Axe is like, "Cassie, you need to remain calm and sit down." Uh, she has a morph allergy. She's allergic to the creature she just morphed. Uh, what? A, there's no medicine for it. It's a natural process that happens called Harith Illent, which means burping DNA. 
Uh, Cassie will release the DNA in the form of the animal, but it could take anywhere from a couple hours to two weeks. Um, and that the morphing is tied to her emotions. So if she gets emotional, she'll freak out more. Um, <laughs> Marco, Marco makes this amazing joke. He's like, just think spot, Cassie, no emotions. And he makes the sign <laughs> with his fingers and he says, burp long and prosper. <laughs> I fucking died. I, my favorite part about that was like, Boris did it. And they kind of like cut it over really slow like, they weren't totally sure he could do the hand gesture. And sure enough, when he does it, he kind of looks at his hand and he has this, like, little moment of, like, ha <laughs> <laughs> I've been practicing this for two weeks. Exactly. I knew this was coming up. <laughs> <laughs> the face he makes when he says burp long and prosper is just, like, the most priceless thing I've ever seen in my life. Yes. Oh, my yes. God. I'm so proud of him in that moment. <laughs> I'm always so proud of him. Every moment he's on screen, I'm proud of him. Oh no. Uh, um, Jake is like, I don't think you're gonna make the show, and Rachel argues that if Cassie can't make it, they'll bump both of us and it'll give Jason more time to talk about the sharing. Cassie's like, I can stay calm. Axe is like, mm-hmm. I don't think you should go. The the thing could happen uh, you know, anytime and the chance of it happening uh tomorrow is slim but jake's like it it could still happen and marco's mm-hmm. like especially because you guys are so obsessed with that mccall guy rachel accuses him of being jealous again uh jake is like we have to be careful and rachel says that's why we have to meet jason find out if he's a controller jake says if cassie didn't have this problem they would do it but it's too risky tobias agrees with him does the cute little wing thing and then jake's like okay this conversation is over it's bedtime and Cassie and Rachel are sad. <laughs> go to bed, children. Go to bed, girls. You can't go meet the boy you want to meet. <sighs> Whatever. Fuck. Yeah. Um. Oh my god. Okay. So now we're in Cassie's room. It's nighttime. She can't sleep. She's thrashing around. And she gets, oh, yeah. she gets up and turns on the light. Do you want to talk about her room? Because I really loved her room. I was so excited for you to talk about her room and tell me everything you oh thought. My I, oh my god, okay. So she's got this like handmade colorful quilt. She's got mm-hmm. floral printed bed sheets that don't match the quilt at all. She's got so many mm-hmm. stuffed animals. Um, and she's got like horse artwork on the wall and like equestrian trophies and like a picture of an equestrian. And she's got a birdhouse. And like whoever designed this room like nailed it. Like I just loved it they so did. much. I I did too. It's just my god. Fucking great. The fact that she the fact that she has so many stuffed animals is just like, oh my god. It's so true. Mm-hmm. I mean, I knew from the minute that like we saw her her bedspread, I was like, oh, these guys like put some thought yeah. into this. Indeed. Yeah. I liked it very much. I did, too. They did a great job with that. So she gets out of bed. She calls Rachel. She's like, sorry, I'm calling so late. And Rachel's like... No idea what time it is. No idea what time it is. It is an unknown time, but Rachel's up. And Rachel's in her room. And Rachel's like, oh, you did it. You went through the burping thing, right? And Cassie's like, well, not right now, but 
And then Rachel just like completely ignores her. And she's like, that's great. We can do the show and help Jason. I'll call everyone else. And Cassie's like, okay, great. See you tomorrow. <laughs> I'm just like, what the fuck, you guys? I, I registered. I clocked that conversation. <laughs> I truly did. But the only thing I could focus on during that whole interaction was how amazing Brooke's eyelashes were. Yes. Like, they just framed them up. They focused in on that. And I was like, you know what? Her eyelashes are great. (laughs) I don't care that that she didn't listen to her best friend say, no, I actually (laughs) didn't go through the thing yet. Oh, this whole episode was about how nobody listens to Cassie. (laughs) She's just... Oh, she's just constantly being suppressed under her friend's crushing wills. <laughs> but as long as Rachel's eyelashes look good. Her eyelashes look so good, though. Oh. Like, man, just because she totally ignored everything her friend said and wanted or didn't say and didn't want. <laughs> God, but her eyelashes look great oh when she God. did it. This is an excusable <laughs> thing. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Oh my Fuck. god. I just can't even with these two. <laughs> <sighs> uh, All right. Well, that happens. Cassie has lied. She's begun the lie. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Rachel did, but okay. Yeah. We can blame Cassie. Sure. Sure. sure everyone else does. Yeah. Why not you? It's all Cassie's fault. <laughs> Ugh. All right, so now we're outside this really funky-looking building. Um, it's supposed to be the TV studio, but I thought it looked more like a library. Um, I just mm-hmm. don't know. Um, no, I agree. It looks like a library. It does. It's got, like, big windows on the side, and I don't know. I just feel like libraries look like that. I just wanted to put books in it so bad. I just wanted to sit in it quietly and read a book. <laughs> <laughs> And not talk. <laughs> or acknowledge anyone. Or eat food. I wanted to meet a cute boy in the library. <laughs> no, wait, sorry, that's my comic. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. I somehow thought that was a reference to the TV show, and I was like, what the fuck did I watch? <laughs> like, what, when did any of this happen? <laughs> Oh my god. No, that was a reference uh, to my webcomic. It's called B-Side You. B-Side You. I'm the worst. No, you're the best. Woo. All right. I was going to plug it if you weren't. <laughs> Become a patron. Casey releases sneak peeks a few weeks early. It's great. Oh dear god. <laughs> <laughs> Deepest apologies. Um... <laughs> So yeah, it may or may not be a library. I think it's a TV studio in the context of the show. There's token signs for Larry and Linda Live. They are awful. Jesus fucking Christ, get a new marketing team. <laughs> um, the kids meet up at the building. Marco's like, this is going to be like the rebels going in to blow up the Death Star. It only takes one to sound the alarm. And Jake kind of laughs mm-hmm. and is like, we'll do it real quietly then. Axe is drinking a soft drink because of course he is. Oh my god. And just looking generally confused just, while he drinks it. He's just it. along for the ride. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'll come. Can I bring my soft drink? <sighs> yes, of course. Precious. Of course, baby boy. Of course, of course son. <laughs> you want. Of course, my good son. My, you may bring your soda pop. Child baby boy. Bring your, what's it? Bring your Coke Sprite. <laughs> bring your Sprite Coke. Uh, 
<laughs> Whatever. I would like a Dr. Pepper Coke. Anyway. <laughs> um, Cassie and Rachel ride up. Cassie's wearing overalls. I do not believe that Rachel would let Cassie wear overalls on TV, but that's just me. Um, I have no idea at this point. I had no clue what she was wearing. All I could think of was Axe in his soda. <laughs> well, Rachel's like wearing like a, a button-up nice shirt with like a, a coat over it, and she looks really like ready for TV, and Cassie's wearing her fucking overalls. And I'm like, yeah. this would never stand. She's like the dairy of this show. <laughs> of the food groups that are the animorphs. No, 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 no. Like, uh, like from, like from Letterkenny. How he's always wearing oh, his, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, coveralls. <laughs> I thought you meant like dairy, like the food group. <laughs> she is the blandest of, no, they have cheese in that food group. How dare you say these things? <laughs> Um, <laughs> shit. Where was I? Um, Axe Soft Drink. Oh, yeah. I don't know where you were, but I just want you to get to the part where they run into the bushes, please. Hang on. Okay. So Cassie and Rachel ride up. They're like, Cassie, are you okay? And Marco's like, yeah, I missed the big burping. I'm so sad. Cassie <laughs> continues to lie. And she's like, I feel much better now. And she and Rachel go check in and start geeking out about Jason John McCole. And then Jake leads the boys to the side of the building to sneak in. And he and Marco are moving with this, like, intended purpose of, like, okay, it's a mission time. And Axe is just kind of, like, following, bouncing along behind them. <laughs> My favorite part is how high he lifts his legs at that first <laughs> Oh, no. Why is he so perfect? <laughs> <laughs> He's just so gangly. Yes, and like he uses it. He uses every inch of it to like bring this to life. <laughs> oh God. <sighs> oh, wonderful. <laughs> All right, we're in the dressing room. There's a makeup artist. She's working on Cassie. She's like, I hope you don't have any allergies. And Cassie says, no, no allergies. And the makeup lady seems very much nicer than the one that was in the book. Yes, agreed. Um, then he shows up, Jason McCall. And he's like, is this makeup? And the makeup lady adopts this like cold demeanor. She's like, have a seat. I'm almost done. And I'm like, she mm -hmm. fucking knows. She fucking knows this guy's an asshole. Because she was so warm mm -hmm. towards the girls. And then he walked in and she's like, uh-uh. Nope. Nope. Yep. Um, so I was really rooting for her in that moment. Um, I'm still rooting for her. <laughs> I hope she's doing great. So Rachel tries to introduce herself and Cassie. And they're both clearly nervous and they're kind of stammering a little bit. And Jason McCall just starts fucking mocking them. And he fucking sucks and his face is already punchable and I wanted to punch him even more. Um, so Cassie is offended and she turns back around and her hand is starting to change. Rachel's like, what the fuck? I thought you were okay. And Cassie shushes her and Rachel looks pissed. And Jason McCall's like, so you two are the crocodile dundies, huh? And Rachel just like, like grits her teeth and she's like, yeah, you could say that. And the tone of voice is just so fucking perfect. <sighs> yeah. 
good. Such a good job. Fucking hate that guy. God, he's a smarmy asshole. Um, and finally Rachel's like, okay, we've had enough makeup. Come on, Cass. And she gets her up and they go out the door. And Jason McCall's like, that's good. I don't need the Gator girls watching me get made up. And the makeup lady kind of laughed at that. And I was very upset about it because I was rooting for her. Maybe it was like, once again, she was confined to social niceties when the white man made a joke yeah, she had to pretend to be amused yeah that's what i choose to believe Ugh. whatever they leave they're backstage there's some animal cages there's a little baby serval kitten and i loved it um rachel's like i thought you said you were cured and cassie says i never said i was and i was like yeah you did but whatever <laughs> Well, only after Rachel had <laughs> called everybody to tell Listen, them that. Cassie could have contradicted her at any point, and she did not. <sighs> yeah, that's true. Um, Cassie's like, I look, I just didn't want to let you guys down. I wanted to make sure Jason wasn't a controller. And Rachel's like, well, I think we solved that case. Like, he's <laughs> I, that has to be the Yerk talking. I don't want to believe he's such a snob. Um, they walk away, and then a llama appears from down another hallway, and it's Marco. And he's like, Jake, X, I found the studio. And we cut to two cockroaches on the wall. And Jake's like, good work, Marco. Good job, llama boy. (laughs) A llama? He's (laughs) supposed to be dead. (laughs) (sighs) Sorry. (laughs) I feel like I've already made that joke. manager leading cassie and rachel around she's like uh just wait in the seats until they call you just act natural and be yourselves um doesn't she say like or whatever and then wanders yeah, off much, that's like the demeanor that she adopts yeah she's like i don't fucking care i don't get paid enough i don't, I don't give a shit what you fucking do <laughs> <I love her. laughs> uh, so they sit down they're looking around they're in awe jason mccall is on the stage and he's bitching to the stage manager because the green room is closed and he shouldn't be here because he doesn't do rehearsal. And she's like, okay, I'll see what I can do. And she walks away. She looks fucking done with this guy. And that's why I love she her. She has no intention of finding out what she can do. I know. And then he calls after her that he'd like something to eat, please. I don't even know if he says please, but he wants something to eat. Fuck um, that guy. Cassie and Rachel are sitting there. Cassie's itching her arm and she's like, I don't feel right. And Rachel starts, like, yammering on about Jason McCall and how that better be the York talking or he's just another snob. <laughs> it's like, Rachel, you're killing me. Um, Cassie starts bending over in pain and Rachel's like, oh, shit, is that the burping thing? Is it happening right now? Cassie's, like, on the floor and she's like, I can feel the crock. I don't think I'll be able to control its instincts. Rachel helps her up and they run to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. I can feel this body this is... This is just another metaphor for how women are at a disadvantage because nobody takes period pain seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. I mean, it kind of read like that, though, right? 
It did. It really kind of did. She's like clutching her abdomen and like stumbling to the bathroom. Like, right? holy shit. Man, this episode cut deeper than we ever imagined when we got into it. The plagues of women and, and period havers. Like, damn. Mm-hmm. <sighs> and how everybody was like, what are you guys doing? Fucking around? Going to the bathroom? It's pretty close to showtime. You sure you need to do this right now? The answer is yes. You have to listen to your body and do what you need to do. My uterus is exploding. I need to leave temporarily. <laughs> yeah. Next time you have fucking... Never mind. I'm not going to get into this. But back to what we were saying. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they get to the bathroom. Rachel's like, Cassie, you need to stay calm. Cassie is not calm. She's screaming. I don't know what she's saying, but she holds herself up in a stall. And Rachel's, like, checking over her shoulder to make sure no one's coming in. The stall door starts shaking. There's, like, a roll of toilet paper that rolls out from under it. And then Rachel (laughs) sees a croc tail appearing. And then Cassie's, like, on the ground. She's crawling out from under the stalls. And she's like, okay, it's out. Let's go. And they run out of the bathroom. And they see the croc crawling out from under the stall. And it's like, what the fuck? I'm a crocodile. Yep. Uh, All three feet of it coming after him. <laughs> I'm a scary lizard. <laughs> this is. I'm a big lizard. I'm a big Be afraid. I'm a dinosaur bitch. I'll bite you. I'll bite you so good. <laughs> um, one of my favorite parts of the episode is now the stage manager has managed to find a single rice cake for Jason. <laughs> 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 one rice cake. <laughs> one dry ass rice cake and she's like is there anything else i can do for you and he's like no i'm good and he holds up the rice cake he's so happy with his single rice cake <laughs> if only <laughs> such pleasures could be found in a rice cake Hopefully all of our woes could be satisfied by a single rice cake <laughs> i mean i haven't tried to satisfy all my woes with a single rice cake maybe it does work that is the secret <laughs> That's it. The secret to happiness. A single rice cake. Oh my god. (laughs) So brilliant. It's not even wrapped. She just hands it to (laughs) me. Like her gross hands touched the rice cake. She probably spit on it. I woulda. Oh my god. Fucking phenomenal. I was dying. (laughs) Um, Stage manager starts walking away. Cassie and Rachel run into her. Cassie's trying to tell her about the crocodile, but she's out of breath. The crocodile appears behind them. Stage manager flips the fuck out, starts screaming (laughs) and panicking. And then everybody in the studio starts freaking out. And people are like jumping on couches and running. Jason collapses in a faint on his chair and like sideways on the chair. So like his leg is over the arm of the chair. It's so fucking pathetic. Um, There's a really close up shot of his boot and there's a slug on it. Somehow. Somehow. Um, the fastest yerk known to man. Yeah, it just like zipped out of there. Um, mm-hmm. There's a really terrible shot. Marco the llama is laying on the ground somewhere. Just watching. And the camera like bypasses him and zooms in on, on Jake and Axe who are cockroaches. Marco starts saying like, <sighs> Marco explains that, hey guys, Jason was a controller. The yerk has just left the host body. Before the crocodile gets him. And that's why he fainted. And that means he's not a controller anymore. It's like, are you fucking kidding me with this? No. This was no. far too complicated. Someone someone wrote that to explain exactly what was happening because they didn't have 
the skill set to show that yeah. visually. They didn't have any idea how to do that visually. No. Let's just get Boris to narrate this. Solve all our problems. I mean, I guess it's not like you could have just had him faint on the couch, then cut to a shot of a slug crawling out of his ear and hitting the ground. And then, like, you know, from that same shot, have it twist around to look at a crocodile that was coming towards him. Nope. And then, you know, nope. cut from there. It's not like you could do any of that. That's that's impossible. That all seems impossible. <sighs> yeah. Oh, it gets worse, though. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> it always does. It always do. We're at the tip of this iceberg. Crocodile starts sauntering over to Jason. Cassie and Rachel's like, oh shit, we gotta help him. So they run over. They start slapping him, trying to wake him up. Finally, they get him up. And he's acting like a weird little kid on Novocaine. And they're dragging him away and he's just whimpering. Um, Marco says, the croc is going towards the Yurk. And sure enough, it is. And it makes this journey over to this Yurk. And Marco is supplying extra lines like, we have front row seats and look at him go. And finally, the Yurk doesn't stand a chance. And we zoom into the crocodile's mouth. Ugh, it's rough. That's rough, buddy. Yeah, it's real rough, buddy. <sighs> finally, the end. Okay, we're at the internet cafe. Marco's saying that didn't exactly go according to plan, but it will do. Um, they talk about Jason. Jason's decided to quit acting and move to Tibet to follow the Dalai Lama. Thank God. <sighs> Fucking greatest use of your time. Yep. Cassie's like, I'm sorry about lying. I just didn't want my allergy to affect them getting the Yerks. And I really wanted to meet Jason. Marco's like, she's in love. And Cassie's like, I was selfish. It could have gone bad, but we were lucky. Marco quotes the great, the great Obi-Wan Kenobi, says there's no such thing as luck. Jake's like... You did what you had to do, Cassie. We all make mistakes. Marco's like, I don't. And Jake's like, right. <laughs> yeah, except for Marco. <laughs> Cassie and Rachel look at each other, and then Cassie starts a food fight because it's the 90s. <laughs> That's exactly why she started That's the food exactly. fight. That's um, exactly. They chase the boys away with their lobbing chips at them, and they do a friendship handshake. Cassie narrates some bullshit PSA about... Never lie to your friends. It lets everybody down and it lets yourself down, but it's good to learn from your mistakes and everything will work out just fine. <sighs> and that's the end. Yeah, I guess. Ugh, I forgot how much I loved Sean's delivery of that. Yeah, except for Marco, mm -hmm. of course. Like, God, that was so good. It was lovely. Ugh. Uh, you know what else they should have fucking done, though? What? They should have invited Axe to their post-mission nacho session. They should have invited Axe to the pre-mission nacho session. I have a suspicion that Axe is going to be relegated to, like, Eric the Chi levels of involvement in these missions. Like, I... He's just not on enough missions for me so far. My best recollection of this is that it's not that bad like he is included on more than like eric is yeah but i also just don't trust my memory at all of this like based on what i remember and what we've seen so far i'm just not not super confident in that yeah and i kind of wonder if it's just because paulo's so fucking good and he's so, like, he just eats <laughs> scenery. Like, he he just 
he's the star. Like, everybody focuses on him. So it's like, is he too distracting for certain scenes? I don't... I mean, I don't think there's... No. I feel like it's just a budgeting thing again. Like, I feel like that's why most of these choices were made on, like, who they have. They either decide that it's, like, it's just too many people for a scene because they need their, like, star player and then their their side characters. And they're, like, six is just too many to deal with. But, like, it's not even six because Tobias is not in any of the scenes where they're in public. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I just, I mean, even in this episode, though, like, when they had Rachel and Cassie interacting and then Jake, like, Marco is just sitting off by himself most of the time. Like, I don't know. I don't know if they, like, think it's too much. I don't know if it's, like, a budgeting. I'm sure it's both. It's all, but... Is there, like, some rule in in TV where you can't have more than a certain number... Or you shouldn't have more than a certain number of people talking in a scene at one time? I don't know. I could be making that up. No, I feel like that's probably definitely a rule. Like, unless there's a really good reason for it or the dialogue is really thought out, like, having that many people is difficult. And, like, when we think about that, the scenes, too, like... um thinking back to when they had the conversation with like Tobias and Marco, Rachel, Cassie and Jake. And like, they all just started responding to shit that like nobody was saying. And then like dropping other bits of the conversation, like that could be what we're in for at all times. If they didn't edit it down to just like three main people. Yeah. I don't know. But I'm just so mad. (laughs) Well, I, I know I want, I want more of him too. And I've, love that he steals so much of the scene because it's just great like he just embodies acts yeah yeah i would have i would have killed a man to see the whole scene of like the nacho when like Marco holds out the nacho to Jake and then Jake looks like scorned and then he turns to Axe and feeds it to Axe instead. <laughs> like I would have paid so oh, much for that. I feel like Axe, like he would have just held it up to him and Axe just would have like stuck his whole mouth all over. Yes. Him. Yes. Like, exactly. Snarf it up. Exactly. And Marco yeah. just looks moderately distressed over it. Yeah. Oh my god, that would have been so good. Didn't even need to do any lines, just have that. <laughs> well, and like, even if, even if he hadn't been there, if Axe hadn't been there, maybe there could have been a line that's like, oh, didn't you invite Axe? And Margaret could have been like, yeah, last time he was here, he, he fucking ate everything. Like, I'm not bringing him here anymore. Like, you could have like yeah. tied that into the, to the narrative a little bit to explain why Axe wasn't there. Instead of just being yep. like, oh, I'm purposefully excluding Axe for reasons. Mm-hmm. <sighs> like, oh, Rachel's not here because she's visiting her dad. Yeah. <laughs> or Cassie and Rachel aren't in this episode because they're at some animal thing. Sure. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever animal thing. Yeah. What would be the greatest call out in the world for me would be they go on a mission and they say something like, yeah, uh, Cassie, Rachel, and Tobias aren't here because they went to, like, a used car lot for something Tobias was doing. <laughs> yes! And, like, oh my that would God. be so amazing. That would... And it would cost nothing. Oh, my God. 
god. Shit. Shit. Right. Right. Fucking great. Solved it. Ugh. Yeah, like they could have this exact line. Cassie and Rachel are at the circus for some reason. Yeah. And we would know. Oh, oh my god, it would have been so easy to do that. I know, and they didn't. Uh, they should have hired us. They should twenty have years us ago. Nine year olds. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. God, we would have been even younger because these were like what ninety six. <laughs> I would have been five years old. Wait, no, oh, no, sorry. that's when no, the books seven. started coming out. So, we okay. I know how old I am. I'm fucking up the years. You're fucking up the math between the two <laughs> of us. We form garbage. Nothing. <laughs> we once again, we are the product of our time. Oh my god! Everybody, put your kids in STEM. Don't be like Please, us. for the love of God. You don't want 30 years from now, your children on a podcast swearing a lot, <laughs> being like us. We went to art school. Oh, no. We are everything your children should not want. Oh, no. It's true. <laughs> don't be like us. Uh, yeah, don't. <sighs> don't ever. Don't never. Don't never do thing. <laughs> well, that seems like a great place to start plugging where to contact <laughs> us. <laughs> if you do want to support oh, our fuck. shenanigans for some reason. If you wanna if you wanna talk to us and support our shenanigans, you can email us at anonymousanimals at gmail.com or Find us on Facebook at Animorphs Anonymous or a super secret, super awesome subgroup, the Andalite Bandalites, which is facebook.com slash group slash Animorphs Anonymous. You can tweet at me. I check it like, I don't know, once a week at Animorphs Anon, or you can Instagram me, which I check, I don't know, probably also once a week at <laughs> Animorphs Anonymous. <laughs> um, if you want to have a more instantaneous interaction with us and other Animorphs fans, you should join our Discord server and you can chat with us and it's fun and you can get the code to that or the link to that. Not the code. What the fuck? Is this a sweepstakes? <laughs> Write us in in the next two weeks and you'll find <laughs> out in six months if you get your prize. P.O. Box is excluded. Won't ship to the Dominican Republic or any of the states that are not connected to the continental U.S. Oh my god. <laughs> yes. Or you can email us or hit us up on a social and we will get you the link to that. And you can listen to all the episodes of our podcast ever on any podcast hosting site that exists currently in the world. Okay, but like, what if I just want to talk about that comic that you mentioned back <laughs> in the middle of the episode? If you want to read a comic that I make and draw about two boys meeting in a library and cute shit happens from there. <laughs> Fucking. <laughs> <No. laughs> Fucking. That's for the Patreon members oh, only. No. <laughs> if you want the sex, you have oh, to no. go to Patreon. Don't promise them things. Oh, God. <laughs> Listen, they haven't even switched yet. You know? <laughs> 
yet. <laughs> five years they will smooch. Okay. Um, please go read my comic at Beside You. What? Please go read my comic. It's called Beside You. Please read it at bsideyoucomic.com. I can talk. You can also go to my Patreon and get early comic pages. I'm like several months ahead. You can check that out at patreon.com slash kcdstudios. Oh my god. <laughs> Fucking dying. Dying Fucking. Fuck it. <laughs> uh, if you want to experience that level of depravity that you just heard from me, there's a lot more of that on this other podcast that sometimes I'm on by accident. It's called From Cadmus to Crisis, as is a superboy podcast. I should mention, it really is Cadmus to Crisis. <laughs> the is is is. I wondered if it's you just were one... to specify. <laughs> Listen, now that I've said it 30 times, <laughs> I want you all to know. Crisis, is, is. How many is's is that? I bet it'll come up because that's like the the intro every episode they go from Cadmus to Crisis. So this is the time that I get to do it because every time that Drew and and David lowball that to me, like give me that underhand toss to do the intro, I'm like, ah, ah, <laughs> what's the name of this fucking show? <laughs> so um, anyways, <laughs> I only do it on Animorphs. So. <laughs> Anyways, if you want that level of comic and depravity, you can head on over to From from Cadmus to Crisis, a Superboy podcast with David and Drew. They're the actual hosts, the ones that know what they're talking about. (laughs) They're great. Oh, God. (sighs) Oh, we didn't do character ratings. Oh, do you want to do it now? (laughs) Fuck it. Everybody gets a Fuck it. Everything's in chaos. Everybody gets a Yeah. Yeah, this is our new segment called Everybody Gets a Five. <laughs> Spoiler alert, everybody gets a five. Everybody gets a five. Apollo who gets a thousand. And JTT gets negative My god. And Tom gets all of the points taken off from all of the points he's ever accumulated. Right. Because he's a bad boy in this episode. feminism. Yes, that too. All right. <laughs> We've done we it. We did something. I don't know what we did here today, but like it just, I don't know what we did. I don't know what we did. I just don't know what we did. I don't know what this feeling we've created is. I don't know. Like, we just kind of turned this into like a, a kind of feminist rant in a way. <laughs> we did. I don't regret it, oh, though. Oh, man. I hope you all learned something, built something, karate chop something. I would love to say karate chop the stop button, but what I'm going to do instead is express my feminist will to end this conversation and have you respect my no at the end of this podcast. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> karate chop the man. Karate chop the man right in the Face. All right, I'll karate chop the stop button with you. Bye. Bye.